welcome to The Behaviorist. This is a bonus episode where Kedron Crosby and I are going to talk about burnout. Um, how are you doing, Kedron? I'm good. So why do you want to talk about burnout? I just feel like everyone is experiencing burnout. It's not everyone, but it's 52% of the population according to this new Indeed survey. 52%. Yes, 52%. And so pre-COVID, it was 43%, which is so many people experiencing burnout. Everyone I talk to, of course, it is our work. Mm -hmm. um, But just about everyone I'm talking to, actually maybe three-fourths of the people I'm talking to, are feeling burned out. And then then there's this other group of people that are so vibrant right now and so alive and so flourishing. So I just felt like we should do a quick bonus episode to get some tools in toolboxes for those who are feeling like they're experiencing burnout that we could just share with them seven tips or tools that they can practically, actionably implement tomorrow Uh, because there's so much pain. There's so much suffering happening Mm -hmm. right now. So it's not the kind of thing where people are like, "Mm, I don't know if I'm experiencing burnout. They're just like, yeah. Well, that Indeed survey, it was just a of perception survey. So that was the 52% were perceiving that they're experiencing burnout. But but true burnout using the Maslick burnout inventory is uh it's really three three characteristics. So one is are you experiencing emotional exhaustion? So it's different than physical exhaustion. Um, the second characteristic is, uh, it, they call it cynicism, mm-hmm. and it's really, and it's really almost like a lack of enthusiasm, this lack of hope, even, and that is characterized um, by burnout. And then the third element of true burnout is a lack of professional efficacy meaning that you've gotten to the place where you don't feel that your effort in is going to reap results. Mm. And so you're feeling like you're not moving the needle on effectiveness. This is one that I've seen so many people experience right now between the great resignation, just all of the glitching systems, um, it's very hard to move ahead right now. So it feels like you're swimming through molasses Mm. because, you know, whether it's your organization or the organizations you're working with as external stakeholders, half the people are gone, right? I mean, not quite half the people are gone, but there's so much turnover. So there's a lot of empty spots, a lot of vacancies. And so things are really slowing down. And then we have the costs of the burn of, of just epidemic 
mm. burnout. So we've got a lot of presenteeism and we've got a lot of listlessness. Mm. Um, so even if people are working, they're not bringing their A game yeah. because of the burnout. So, so it's just a really difficult time. So are you, are you going to try and tell people that are suffering from this to maybe eat better or exercise? Mm. No, I am. (laughs) I will never tell anyone to eat better. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of the advice that is out there right now for burnout is, is treating burnout like it's a deficiency in self-care. You need to get more sleep. You know, why don't you do more yoga? Yes, I'm always a fan of sleep and yoga and eating well. Um, but I think that I would like to take a different approach, which is trying to help um, restore vitality by practices uh, that are related to how you how how you relate to work really and and even how you relate to yourself okay more than food <laughs> yeah so what do you got well so you know this and i think some of our listeners know that i i went through some pretty significant burnout um I guess it was about 15 years ago and it really changed my life. And even during the last six and a half years of entrepreneurship, sometimes I feel like I teeter, you know, I flirt with burnout uh, just because the hours and, um, you know, the hardship of owning a company during, during the pandemic too. So I've developed some tricks and tools and practices myself that have helped me to recover from burnout to move to vibrancy. And they're not ones that I usually read about in the literature or the research. So I thought maybe some of our listeners would benefit if they're if they're hurting as badly as I think they are. Um, maybe some of these tools would help. So the first one is is um, thinking about how you relate to yourself, and it goes beyond compassion. So much of the literature around renewal and um, mitigating burnout does talk about compassion. In my experience, the only way I could heal from burnout was through pretty deep self-love and I had to go to the place where I really thought on a daily basis on an hourly basis if I truly valued myself what would I do here and that filter question really helped me to sort of claw my way back (laughs) to vibrancy so so that would be my first recommendation is if you feel that you have the kind of emotional exhaustion, cynicism, lack of professional efficacy, ask yourself, what would I do if I truly valued myself with this relationship, with this situation? And that that will 
give you an answer. Um, the second technique that I found to be helpful is understanding and normalizing that you will need to disappoint people <laughs> and someone will feel disappointed and the the wise thing for you to do is to think about who you're going to disappoint because you can't satisfy everyone all of the time so being strategic thinking about the long view what you want from your whole life and deciding who actually goes at the bottom of that list um i hope that it's not you i hope that you are choosing to not disappoint yourself um but maybe it's someone else so think about all the people in the world that want your attention and think about okay who am i going to who am i not going to disappoint here and put that person or those that constituency at the top and who who am i going to decide to disappoint here now there's a third technique which is really powerful it's a skill that that we learn how to hone as we become um stronger and more vibrant it's expectation setting mm. so if we get it good at this one we can um disappoint fewer and fewer people yeah. which is item number 2 but it takes a while to get good at it so you're going to have to do some disappointing strategic disappointing so this third one of expectation setting is whether it's with your staff your children your spouse yourself um being as proactive as possible in saying to people what what you expect of them what you expect of yourself in any situation and being realistically optimistic with the expectation setting is important so double down on realistic remember <laughs> we're swimming through molasses right now because even if you're you know even if you're doing well half the people around you are not mm-hmm. so things are going to they're going to be blips and glitches and just expect that there will be um some bumps along the way so expectation setting um is really important another practice that i would hope that our listeners who may be experiencing burnout can find time for is reflection contemplation solitude noticing i don't believe it's possible to heal to recover from burnout without some practice where you're alone and quiet and still and taking stock of the state that you're in and thinking about um even your own culpability in getting yourself to this place of burnout mm-hmm. and not shaming but noticing what were my behaviors that led to this place of exhaustion 
where it feels like you're at the point of no return. So, so having a daily practice, if possible, of stillness, noticing, solitude, and there are a million ways to go about doing this. Um, for many of us, it requires some sort of meditation or some sort of journaling or some sort of coaching, um, but doing the noticing and taking stock of what behaviors got you to this place, because that's a gold mine, mm. and that's the instruction manual for how to climb out of this um, by noticing those behaviors. I think there's probably a fifth one that helps a lot of our clients, which is when you decide to finally let others help you. So finally let others help you. And this may look like empowerment. This may look like contracting out. Hmm. This may look like hiring somebody else. Um, This may look like reaching out on the internet and asking for help. But thinking about where can I enlist either my family, my team, my friends, even strangers, so that I can free up some time so I can do the deeper work of the noticing, of the expectation setting, of um, the self-love. So that one's important. Um, Even rethinking sequencing has been helpful for me over the years. So thinking about how much time am I allocating um, for a project and, and almost sometimes just expanding that. So you know, this idea of, okay, well, it'll take me a month to get this project done. What if it takes two months? You know, what if you allow yourself more time? I, I like Anthony DeMello says, does it take you 10 minutes to read the paper? Take 11, (laughs) take 11 and see how much more meaningful it is. You know, so, so just sort of, it's sort of the opposite of the pinch on the iPhone. It's sort of the expanding, you know, just stretch it out, uh, stretch it out and give yourself more time than you think. And then the last tip that I would give our listeners is uh, something that I call the bump start and... I used to drive motor scooters, old Italian motor scooters that sometimes wouldn't start. (laughs) And that was always tough Um, when it was cold out, you know, or, you know, when when you were in a particularly scary neighborhood or something. So, So you'd have to do this thing where you'd sort of run alongside your scooter holding in um, the gear handles and then jump onto the seat and then open up the the gear whatever you call that it thing and then it would pop and then it would just start and so i guess it does something where it starts the flywheel but there are practices that you can do that sort of bump start vibrancy and 
so I think of this as the practice of orthopraxy, you know, so rather than thinking ourselves into a new way of living, we're living ourselves into a new way of thinking. So adopting some practices of vibrant people. So that may be having, you know, having some sort of, uh, you know, lunch with, <laughs> with a friend or, um, washing your clothes <laughs> or even ironing them or things that seem impossible when you're really burned out. Um, so there are all kinds of things that you can think about. What is a practice of a person who's vibrant and how can I adopt that practice even though I'm not feeling it, mm. but I'm just going to do it a couple of times until I've bump started my vibrancy and and that starts to re reverse um, the spiral down and um, and bring bring some light and some hope and some uh, emotional bandwidth and and some efficacy like oh okay I can do this thing and I do see a result so so the bump start is is a little trick that I've used for myself many times and and with a lot of success. And I never read anything about that before. <laughs> Anyhow, those were just some quick tips that I, I thought maybe some of our listeners would enjoy hearing about. What I would hope is maybe they could think about adopting one or two of these if they're experiencing burnout right now. And um, make a plan today, tonight, to just pick one of them or two of them. Maybe it's asking yourself, if I really valued myself, what would I do here? Or deciding strategically, who am I going to disappoint? Um, Knowing that when you're clawing your way out of burnout, there's going to be somebody on that list Choose the person who loves you unconditionally, perhaps. (laughs) Um, Maybe you can make a plan around where am I going to set better expectations for myself or the people around me? I'm going to be assertive. I'm going to be unapologetic about stating these expectations. Maybe it's um, finding some time for that reflection that solitude where you're doing the noticing, you're taking stock of your behaviors, um, what got you here, knowing that that's not going to get you back to vibrancy and that you'll you'll need to make a plan for recalibrating some of those behaviors. Maybe it's letting someone else help you. Maybe you want to think about um, changing you know, doing the pinch on the iPhone, but, you know, expanding the amount of time that you think it's going to take to do something and giving yourself that extra month or that extra minute or that extra week or something around the bump start. So adopting some behavior of a vibrant person that you think you're just going to do a couple of times until it starts to reverse the wheel, uh, reverse the spiral, and and starts leading you back to alive aliveness. So those were my thoughts. 
Thank you, Kedrin. You're welcome. Thank you for sharing those seven ideas for our listeners. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to this bonus episode of The Behaviorist. We hope you'll subscribe. And you can reach us at www.workwisdomllc.com. Thank you.